Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Dr. Ebony Cornish. How common is Lyme disease in the United States? And do we have any idea what percentage of people who are infected with Lyme don't actually know that they're infected with it? It's much more common than we would think. The CDC, um, Center for Disease Control, um, released a report not too long ago saying how Lyme disease is on the rise. And there's two different schools of thought. There's an IDSA, but the Center for Disease Control, the standard guide, what we learn in med school. Those are the powers that be. And they state that if you get treated for two weeks after a tick bite, you should be cured. You should be fine. And that chronic Lyme disease doesn't exist. And then there's my organization, which is International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society, which is a group of physicians from multiple different specialties that treat tick-borne diseases. And we understand the biology and that this organism can, in fact, reactivate in patients, and some of which who may not have even realized they had a tick bite or a rash because less than 50% of patients do. And then down the line, they start having debilitating symptoms and sure enough, we'll do the testing and there it is. But it's also the controversy with the test itself because the standard test on Quest and LabCorp, the research shows that it misses about 35%. So we have terrible testing. And so a lot of patients go misdiagnosed, they go poorly treated. And we actually have a tick-borne disease task force on Capitol Hill because of this discrepancy in data. And we published my organization, ILAD, papers last year, we published a paper on chronic Lyme disease and all the evidence that supports that. And we have actually guidelines on how to treat their peer review guidelines on how to treat a person who has chronic Lyme disease. It's underreported so often. Well, what are the symptoms? You mentioned that there are people who have symptoms that go unreported. My symptoms, I did have I wasn't like extraordinarily tired, but I would sleep eight hours a night and I would get up. I wouldn't be jumping out of bed. You know, I, I was feeling like I was dragging. I had this cough. Does it also affect the brain in terms of 
depression or other mental illness related symptoms? So some of the initial symptoms of tick-borne disease, I always say flu-like symptoms in the summertime. We live in Northern Virginia. This is like, I always think of it as tick-borne capital of the world. So anytime I see flu-like symptoms in the summertime or other general symptoms that are nebulous, like chronic fatigue or migrating aches and pains. And when we say chronic fatigue, we mean that debilitating fatigue. I can't get up out of bed. And throughout the day, I'm kind of dragging. But it can also cause things, as you alluded to, like cognitive impairment. It's a word we use called brain fog, where you find yourself forgetting things. You know, where I put the keys, what I did right now, I have to write lists. So someone who's usually fully functioning, and all of a sudden you have this acute onset of numerous symptoms that are nebulous. And that's The thing that I love about treating Lyme disease is that it does require some serious detective work because there are such a wide variety of clinical symptoms that patients present with. And as you alluded to, when I work at the Amen Clinic, we do spec scan imaging for our patients. And I first started collaborating with the Amen Clinics about 10 years ago when I was in private practice. And our first patient was a teenager who had treatment-resistant depression. And the brain scan had some areas, the spec imaging brain scan, which looks takes a picture of your brain, of inflammation. That's what we called it. It was some patterns where there were changes in blood flow and some anatomical changes that were not consistent with just someone who had a psychiatric condition. It was, and we knew, okay, there's something else going on here. And treated her. Sure enough, she had negative testing by the standard testing. She had positive Lyme testing. When we looked at the bigger picture with more sensitive Lyme disease testing, treated her for the infections, her psychiatric symptoms went away. She had been on over 10 different psychiatric meds that were not working. And that's because the root cause wasn't treated or evaluated. And we actually have conferences every year in my organization, ILATS, on just neuropsychiatric manifestations of Lyme disease. You know, I've done presentations on this topic because sometimes the primary symptom can be as simple as depression or anxiety or panic, or insomnia, or even a series of schizophrenia, or Alzheimer's dementia-like symptoms. There was actually a paper that came out a few weeks ago on Alzheimer's disease and Lyme, and how Borrelia-Bordorfi was found in the plaques of some of these Alzheimer's patients. So, And they don't come with joint pain. They may not even recall having a tick bite or rash. They're just having neurological symptoms that are overlooked. I have some people, oh, yeah, take a night of depression. Oh, this is all in your head. And I always say, well, it's really not. And that's when I start seeing those patients get better. They start getting off their meds that they're on for mood. And it's because we're treating the problem. That's the detective work. We're treating that middle root cause. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode.
Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.